This time on Slaughterhouse Princess, Reanimator, H.P. Lovecraft's classic tale of horror. Unfortunately, Brett can't be with us today because he's busy defending his doctoral thesis on Mezcal and how it affects quantum mechanics. Welcome to Slaughterhouse Princess. I'm Chris. And I'm Troy. And as I just said, uh, Brett's not with us today because he has schooling. Yeah, Mr. Fancy. Yeah, he's going to be, he's going to make more money than all of us soon. Buy and sell us like commodities. Yep. And this time but, around, Cthulid? 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 Like, I think it's. C T H U I D the first. Yeah, recommended that we check out Reanimator. So we yes. did. Yep. Uh, the uh based on a classic HP Lovecraft joint. Yeah, based or, on or inspired by. <laughs> yeah. We, we took the name of a shares, couple of people. Shares one character name with <laughs> this story by HP Lovecraft. Uh, but yeah, so it's based on what Herbert West Reanimator, yes, I believe. I think that's it. Uh, yeah, and uh, stars Jeffrey Combs as the titular Herbert West, mm-hmm. the Reanimator, directed by Stuart Gordon, who I'm a big fan of on account of Castle Freak and stuff. Yeah, which I have not actually watched because I joined the podcast after you guys watched Castle Freak. Uh, Castle Freak. Uh- the consensus is usually a pretty solid middle of the road, but I really enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, it's a slaughterhouse princess, darling. It's true. Yeah, I love the castle freak. Yeah, but we instead we watched uh, Reanimator this week, Chris. We did. Yep. With yep. Which starts off in medical school, Swiss medical school, and, and uh, hunt. Hans Gruber's eyes explode from his head. Yep, because it turns out that Hans Gruber was uh, having some sort of event. Well, after he fell off of the Nakatomi building, they, uh, the, he was then shipped to Switzerland and reanimated, and then his eyeballs exploded <laughs> out of his head, and he re-died. Yep, he fell so hard off the building that he transported back in time to 1985. <laughs> <laughs> it ended up in Zurich. But wait, wait. Hey, Die Hard's not too far after 1985, is it? A couple of years. I would say is, it was like 88 or I, something. No, I think it's closer to 85 than 88. <laughs> uh, now we're going to have to lose the internet on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. This is good. This is good podcast. Yeah, you keep talking. I'm going to prove you wrong. <laughs> <laughs> that seems reasonable. <laughs> so, so Hans, Hans Gruber's Gruber, eyes explode. His eyeballs explode. And when the police uh, confront Mr. West, he's like, no, I didn't kill him, see? I I brought him back. And then we're treated to some sweet opening credits with the soundtrack. And man, the soundtrack to this movie seems like they took it from a different movie and shoved it into this movie. I just remember being very generic. I didn't even notice the soundtrack. And, and uh, Die Hard's 88, by the way. 
Yeah, it's it's cool to be right. Yeah, I'm not going to acknowledge that because <laughs> Brett wouldn't. Brett, hey, Brett, was Chris right? Oh, I don't hear anything. Okay, so apparently you weren't. Oh, oh I guess that makes sense. <laughs> uh, 88, really. I felt, I felt earlier than that. No, I'm sorry. Yeah. But anyway, so yeah, so uh, Jeffrey Combs reanimates Hans Gruber, his eyes explode, and they ship him off to the U.S. because they say, fuck that shit in Switzerland. We don't, we don't, we don't cotton to that over here in Switzerland. Yeah, so apparently his punishment for murder was, I don't know, being deported back to the United States? Yep. Hey, that's what we do. I mean, they're just returning the favor. Classic returning the favor. Uh, a classic book dropping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so back in the States, Mr. West is uh, taking up residence at the Missitonic University for medical studies. And it's important to know that because they say that name no less than 200 times in this movie. <laughs> yeah. It's like, how many times do they mention Miskatonic in this? Because look at H.P. Lovecraft, Miskatonic, H.P. Lovecraft, Miskatonic. And uh, he. Uh, he meets what Dean Kane? Uh huh. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, there's the Dean whose last name is not Kane, and there's a the guy whose last name is Kane who's not the Dean. But both of them are, uh, you know, you know involve semen and the same woman. Because one's her dad and one's her lover. Huh. I yep. don't know if I'd phrase it that way, but <laughs> you did. That's bold. That's the connection. And that, he, uh, chromosome, that, that chromosomal connection. <laughs> and the first thing Mr. West does when he gets to campus is insult his professor, Dr. John Kerry. Yep, Dr. John Kerry. Yeah, that dude was so much like John Kerry, it was creepy. Uh, but apparently John Kerry does not like when people snap pencils at him. <laughs> yeah, you know, your classic sign of displeasure, the pencil snap. <laughs> It was like it was like Romeo and Juliet when it was like, like, sir, do you bite your thumb at me? Yes, I bite my thumb at you. Like, you bite your thumb at me? You snap your pencil at me? <laughs> and I like his yeah. response to the pencil snap, which was, get a pen! <laughs> Wait, what? I don't understand any of this. Uh, oh, wait, make a bigger mess. And, uh, oh, and... Uh, uh, Lover Kane, as opposed to Father Kane, uh, lives at 666 Darkmoor. <laughs> yeah, subtle foreshadowing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but the best thing is he has a Talking Heads poster over his bed. Uh, it's the poster for their uh, the, the concert movie they did called Stop Making Sense, uh, which if you want to hear about, go to uh, Real Education. It's R-E-E-L-E-D-U uh, dot com, I believe. Uh, but it's a uh, fun podcast that uh, I listen to from time to time, and uh, they talk about that movie. And it's a, that's a really interesting episode, actually. There's a whole bunch of stuff going on with that movie, that concert movie. But that's not this movie. This movie is Reanimator. That's true. Yep. And this podcast is Slaughterhouse Princess. That's also true. Now you're on the trolley. <laughs> So yeah. Oh, but the best part is so um, Lover Kane, uh, you know, Lover Dean Kane is uh, with the the daughter. I don't know Blondie, and uh, somehow they're having intercourse through a bed sheet. Mm-hmm. 
because there's totally a bedsheet between them when they're supposed to be having sex. And then she just gets up and, like, puts her bra on and, like, just, like, you know, like, nudity, no big deal. But apparently when she's in bed with a dude, she can't be nude. But when she's just walked around, whatever. you got to have standards. I mean. It, it was a weird choice. It was I'm a like, weird well, choice. You know, but, eh, if you're in bed with a dude. I think you can be topless. It's okay. Yeah, it's just that's normal. I feel like. Mm, yeah, most of the time I mean, when I'm in bed with dudes, I'm topless. Yep. Ah, <laughs> oh, crap! That's going on the list. Chris fact. <laughs> I really got to be more careful what I say. Yep. Uh, and yeah, for those of you who don't know, if you on our if you if you join our Discord server, you can literally just type in the word like one word, Chris fact. And it and uh, the bot on the on the server will return one of our many uh, Chris facts that we've accumulated over the uh, how many episodes have we done now? This is one thirty-seven, one hundred and thirty-seven episodes. So there, uh, there's some fun stuff in there. Yeah, there's some facts. <laughs> I'll leave it to you to decide the one or two that are actually factual. <laughs> but it, but anyway, uh, yeah. So Jeffrey Combs shows up soon after uh, lover Dean Kane uh, has uh, sealed the deal with uh, Father Dean Kane's daughter, and uh, is suitably awkward and creepy. Oh yeah, uh, renting. And he's like, hey. I'll I'll split rent with you because look at this fat stack of cash that I have. <laughs> yes, this basement will do nicely. It's excellent. I'm not a weirdo at all. Have some money. <laughs> you wouldn't even know I'm here except for the first of the month when I hand you this fat stack of cash. <laughs> and of course, because college student, he's all like, "Hell yeah, money." Yeah, I'm like, yeah, there were no weeds. He should have like bought like a like a at least a dime bag with that. He could have bought several dime bags, I would assume. <laughs> he could have bought probably a full ounce if he wanted to. <laughs> or a kilo. I mean, that was a big, that was a decent stack of cash. <laughs> which which system of measurement are we using here? Oh, I mean, it was, uh, I don't imperial? <laughs> <laughs> Kilos are very imperial. Yeah, I know. But, you know, you pay with imperial money for metric Stacks of weed. Metric weed stack. Got it. Yep. <laughs> That's a, Chris buys all of his weed using the uh, you know, base five system. <laughs> yep. I use octal. <laughs> hexadecimal. I need some hexadecimal weed now. <laughs> I measure it all in cubits. <laughs> so uh, now but, uh, Mr. West has moved in. Yep. So he does what any rational person would do and murders a cat. Yep, because, you know, goddammit, like, you need test subjects, and what better test subject to use than the cat that that is owned by the person you're living with? That's incredibly subtle and complicated reasoning. Yeah, but actually, we forgot a scene. The Did important... We? Hans Gruber is a creepy maniac scene. Oh, no, John Kerry is a creepy maniac uh, yeah. scene. He is a creepy maniac for Blondie. Yep, like he literally raises a toast to Blondie's sexiness in front of 
her father and her boyfriend, fiance, and it, it basically says, "Here's to me wanting to bone you." <laughs> yeah, he's the one who's upset that they're going to study at his place, not her dad. Him, he's yeah. like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa." I'm not really affiliated with this familiar unit, but don't you go fucking her on account of I'm gonna. <laughs> yeah, it was. Wow, is that just the weirdest situation? <laughs> the weirdest part was probably Dad's just total okayness with this totally creepy dude. Yeah, he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, you want to bow my daughter? That's fine. Everybody does. I'm not saying I do, but everybody does. <laughs> That's kind of the weird vibe that scene has. <laughs> yeah, it's super weird. So meanwhile, back at the uh, apartment house... 666 Darkmoor. There's some sort of ruckus in the middle of the night that sounds like a cat. Yep. So good old Dean Kane, you know, America's Superman. Yep. <laughs> he goes to check it out, makes his way down to the, uh, the basement... Where the cat is attached to the back of Jeffrey Combs, and this is, and this is, I guess, cutting edge technology because that cat is about as realistic as the cats on Let the Right One In, which was filmed in the two thousands. But was that really just not a uh, like a plush stuffed animal stapled to his shirt? It sure looked like it. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, uh, the the cat gets away, so they hunt it down, which leads to one of my favorite parts in the movie, where well, they throw the cat into the wall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but actually, I would say the the lighting work was really good in that scene where they're hunting it down, because apparently someone must have hit the basement light. There was some kind of pendant light hanging from the ceiling, and it just swung around for thirty minutes. <laughs> I guess while they're they're looking for the cat, there's just lights like they just had a spotlight they were spinning around or something. I don't know, but it, it at least added some tension to the scene and made it look kind of cool. Is like you know people's faces were going in and out of darkness and and all that. But yeah, that that light just flopped around on the end of a cable for at least ten minutes. <laughs> So, uh, Jeffrey Cobes is like, look, here's what happened, right? Your cat died because I killed it or whatever, but then I shot it full of fucking highlighter fluid, and it came back to life. <laughs> yeah, they never say where his quote-unquote reagent came from. That's another word they say about a hundred times in this movie. Yep, reagent. The Miskatonic reagent should have been the name of this movie. And Dean Cain's like, bullshit to that. And Jeffrey Combs is like, nah, watch. And then he reanimates the cat again. He re-reanimates. Yeah. So Dean Kane's like, well, holy shit, I better go immediately to the Dean's office and tell him about our crazy crackpot experiments with highlighter fluid. <laughs> Which, why the fuck would that be, like, your first step next now, morning? What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> uh, crimes against nature and humanity, huh? Uh, I better go tell the most authoritative person I know about this. Plus, you're stooping his daughter, so that's going to endear you to him a whole lot. And needless to say, it doesn't go well and results in Dean Kane losing his student loans, because apparently he has the power to do that. Yep. And, I'm not sure how that works, but... 
Yeah, deans normally are the the arbiters of third party loans, I guess. But hey, at, oh, and you could tell your friend uh, Jeffrey Combs that uh, he can go get his medical science on on his own because he's not doesn't belong here anymore. Which honestly, I don't think it would bother him too awful much to hear that. No, I don't really think. I think he was just wanted to get a degree so people would take him seriously, as opposed to actually learn anything. Yeah, he's just here to get his fucking highlighter fluid injected in some corpses. Yep, I said that's what Brett's doing tonight, I believe, for his uh, his schooling. So, uh, of course, the only logical thing to do next is to break into the morgue at the hospital. Yeah, by by sneaking past the security guard, whose last name is Mace, for some reason, I, I find awesome for some reason. I'm not really sure why, but apparently uh, security guard Mace spends a lot of time reading Boudoir magazine and occasionally has to take long bathroom breaks. Yeah, to not <laughs> masturbate is what I'm assuming. <laughs> so, but they, they, uh, they say some meatball got in a car accident. And they're wheeling him into the morgue, and so they let him through. And then Jeffrey Combs takes his toe tag off and puts on his socks and shoes. Yeah, because that was integral to the plot. Yep. So they start rifling through corpses to find a good corpse. You know, this one's too mutilated, this one's too rotty, but this one's it's, just right. Yep, it's the Goldilocks of uh, corpses, because all he did was suffer heart failure. Yeah, it's the perfect corpse. So they give him the old uh, highlighter fluid treatment. And nothing happens. Yep, so, like my mom always says, double up on that highlighter fluid, boys. Go big or go home. (laughs) And that works, but it also turns him into a kill-crazy reanimated corpse. And that's where we get to see our uh, the first dick we've seen in a while in a, in a in a in a movie. So, thank you, Kathwid, for that. Yay! Our <laughs> penis ratio is dropping dangerously low. Yeah, <laughs> it was shrinking far too much. <laughs> it's cold. <laughs> uh, well, there's the other the song that's played this time of the year. You know, baby, it's cold outside. Wait, that song's about penises. Uh, it's about, like, date rape, I'm pretty sure. Actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> the festive holiday tune. Yeah, the festive holiday date rape song. <laughs> yeah, listen to it sometime, though. It really is kind of date rapey. It's creepy. Oh. But uh, no creepier than John Kerry in this movie. <laughs> so Dean Dean is on the scene. <laughs> and he heads down. <laughs> oh, that was good. <laughs> I'm glad you approved. Uh, 110%, I approve. <laughs> Four and a half thumbs up. <laughs> so he heads down to the morgue on account of he realizes they're down there committing some sort of chicanery and or hijinks. <laughs> Crimes against science? I don't know. And uh, the reanimated corpse kicks open the door and kind of squishes him up. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, a, like out of like something out of a Looney Tunes cartoon where uh, the door just falls on top of Dean Dean, and uh, you know, full frontal zombie there just kind of like comes stomping out like, ah, where the brains? Oh, brains are under door. Let me move door. <laughs> so, uh, 
Jeffrey Combs decides to take out the reanimated zombie guy by shoving a bone saw through his chest, which is yeah. pretty rad. Yeah, but like inappropriate. Yeah, I'm gonna like flag that one for inappropriate use of bone saw. I mean, you're you're dealing with a zombie and you have a bone saw. Do you not just go through the skull like a normal person? Not when you can shove it directly through his chest, obviously, I don't know. which I, kills I, it somehow. I don't know. Like, I'm at like 15 yards on the play for that one. I mean, that's inappropriate use of bone saw. <laughs> <laughs> it's like something the Bengals would do or something, I don't know. Topical. <laughs> or the Cleve or the Browns. <laughs> Since they can't win a game. So now we have dead reanimated zombie, but also dead Dean Dean. So they decide to bring him back to life with highlighter fluid, because that worked out real good the first time. I mean, he's only been dead for minutes as opposed to hours. I mean, what could possibly go wrong? Turns out, everything. <laughs> everything could what? possibly go wrong. <laughs> and it turns him into, you know, your kind of mindless zombie guy. As and Blondie then, enters the scene. And John Kerry shows up, too? Or is that later? I don't that's remember. later. Okay. That's the next day where they take uh, Dean Dean who is now straightjacketed and put into John Kerry's personal office fucking padded cell. Hey, every Secretary of State is assigned one padded cell. <laughs> yeah, right in his office. <laughs> yep. With his weird medical skull on display. That, that's how diplomacy works. <laughs> I guess that's true. I mean, you think Hillary Clinton didn't have a... I have a padded cell attached to her office? Come on. Well, the emails never said she did. <laughs> no, the email said she was running a child sex ring out of a pizza place. <laughs> well, you got to run it out of somewhere, I guess. <laughs> but just, oh, my God. Yeah, let's, okay, anyway, <laughs> I can't even get into that. Moving on. <laughs> yes, uh, yeah, so, um, yeah. So John Kerry shows Blondie how terrible her Dean Dean dad is and I don't know what I don't remember what happens from here then uh well John Kerry goes to the to the basement lab oh yes and Jeffrey Combs says well you want to take all the credit uh, no I'm going to shovel upside the head and then I'll cut your head off with the shovel classic shovel move Yep. And then, I mean, and I have this body and this head in a pan, <laughs> but it won't stand up, and apparently your forehead does not say, do not fold mutilator spindle, so I'm going to stick your, your disembodied head on a spindle so it stays upright, and I'll just inject highlighter ink into both of your head and your body, and we'll see what happens, because science! Yeah. And exactly what you would hope happens. And that's, you now have a reanimated severed head and a reanimated headless body. Yep. And somehow the the head can speak even though it's not attached to lungs. Yeah, it likes to gasp for air occasionally, which doesn't make sense either. Yeah, but, but when you fill the pan that it's sitting in with blood, it's fine. Which is, which is pretty good. Yeah. You know, and the body carries around the head. And they sneak past... Uh, the keen-eyed security guard Mace with uh, by sticking a mannequin head 
on top of the the disembod the disheaded body, the disemcraniumed body. I don't even know what the word for that <laughs> Be- is. Beheaded. Yeah, and uh, they sneak past by carrying the the disembodied head in a like tote. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> Any who talks to the tote like this, everything's fine, security guard mates. It's okay. Yep, and security guard mates is like, well, that checks out. Time to masturbate. Yep, I'm going to take my boudoir magazine and go to the bathroom. Oh, but I'll we be- skipped the part where where Dean Dean Kane and Blondie break into to John Kerry's office and find and they- his folder full of hair and toenail clippings and whatnot. <laughs> yeah, like napkins. Like like fabric napkins that Blondie has used because what the fuck? <laughs> yep, I keep those in my medical office. Oh Jesus Christ! Like that just hints like that like there's wafts coming to me of like where the dead go to die from this movie, but somehow they keep it lighthearted and keep me from like my soul from completely dying again. <laughs> yeah, which but is fair. That file is, like, hints at the creepiest fucking things ever. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Oh, and we find out that um, John Kerry had lobotomized uh, dead Dean Dean and, um, like, with his laser lobotomizing device. It's his medical laser drill. Yeah, like you drill through the skin and the skull with a laser, and then you stick a Q-tip, like a long Q-tip in there, and you just kind of swirl it around, you know, and lobotomize them, and then you know, pull the Q-tip out, I guess, is how it works. Fuck yeah, science. Yeah. And, yeah, so we now have a, like, sadistic, uh, beheaded John Kerry who is uh, now controlling Dean Dean, dead Dean Dean zombie, and kidnaps Blondie and Mm -hmm. takes her clothes off, and then disheaded body uh, takes disembodied head and starts to perform fellatio upon Blondie. Um. It's it's Conolingus. Just want to point. Oh, that Conolingus. Out. Yeah, well, I just don't want to point that. Well, out. I mean, she could have been. We don't know for certain that she wasn't packing something down there. All right, that's fair. They never actually show. I mean, yeah. I mean, assumed Conolingus. Yeah. Potential fellatio. <laughs> Probable we'll, we'll Conolingus. Could be fellatio. <laughs> I don't know. We'll have to. We'll have to let history be the judge. Yeah. I mean, it's H.P. Lovecraft, so... <laughs> Maybe both. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, so I, apparently I, I can't remember my oral sex uh, verbs, so... <laughs> <laughs> I'm disappointed. I know. I'm so sh- so, so so ashamed. <laughs> and then uh, Dean Kane comes bursting in to save the day with Jeffrey Combs. And then, what, John Kerry's head reanimates all of the other dead people in the morgue? Yeah, because reasons. Well, and they were all previously lobotomized by John Kerry? 
Yeah, I'm not 100% sure why John Kerry has some sort of psychic ability to to control these reanimated corpses. I don't know. Maybe just because they're all reanimated? I don't know. And lobotomized? Well, I think because he knew where... They did say earlier that he had knew where the will was located physiologically in the brain. So presumably... He lobotomized them to remove their will and then imposed his own, mm. I guess, through high letter fluid. Yeah, I guess maybe we're talking about a movie where you can make corpses come to life with high letter fluid, worrying about the physiological aspects of the will center <laughs> of the brain. Maybe not super important. Yeah, although the brainstem does survive only from 6 to 12 minutes. That's it. And if you break a pencil, so help me God, I will fucking fail you out of this class. <laughs> but no, so there's this big battle between Blondie, Dean Kane, Jeffrey Combs, John Kerry, and random burn slash car accident slash whatever else victims. Well, Dean Dean, dead Dean Dean, kind of stands off to the side. <laughs> Yeah, and he's just kind of chilling for the most part until uh, Blondie's manages to, I don't know, de-lobotomize him or something with her pleas of, help me, daddy. Yep, and so Dean Dean grabs John Kerry's head and squishes it. Yeah, and all kinds of cool stuff falls out of it. Yep. And uh, this leaves an opening for Jeffrey Combs to... uh hit up with one of the greatest battle cries I've ever heard. And that would be Overdose. (laughs) Grabs two syringes full of highlighter fluid and so help me God stabs them into the the disem-headed body and just fills them full of highlighter fluid. And uh, And since there was no Narcan available... (laughs) Yep. He wins, I guess. Yeah, well, except for, like, the the disinheaded body's colon, large intestine, comes out and wraps around Jeffrey Combs and drags him into a glowing hole in the wall. Yeah, but don't worry, his notes have been saved. That's the yeah, important takeaway here. Yeah, yeah, he, like, he makes sure that Dean Kane grabs his notes and takes them away to the Fortress of Solitude. <laughs> yeah, he's like, ah, my notes, not me my notes. That's what's important. Yeah, don't save me, save my notes. I am a true scientist. (laughs) Science must live on. And I don't know why I'm being dragged into the keep by by Jürgen Prochnow's colon, but (laughs) Uh, (laughs) please don't save me, save my notes. (laughs) And in the middle of all this nonsense, a security guard shows up and promptly fucks right back off. I don't, I really (laughs) don't know what was going on. He's like, I'm, I'm feeling good. All the pipes are clean. Uh, oh my fuck! No, <laughs> fuck nope, this. Nope. You white people be crazy. I'm out. <laughs> I got a walkie-talkie. I don't even have a gun. I'm fucking out of here. I'm just talking about Shaft. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I'm out. So. uh... Dean Kane and Blondie decide to try to escape, but not before some naked wrestling. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I think it's the original Dick Zombie from earlier. Uh, like, decides that he wants to go all Greco Roman on Dean Kane 
and uh, wrestles him to the ground nude. And somehow they make it into the elevator and but the zombie accosted by Bert Zombie Man. Oh, maybe. Yeah, there's an arm. There's a disembodied arm at some point trying to strangle Blondie. And That's well, all I remember. successfully strangles Blondie. Yeah. And then they take her upstairs where everything is in a panic. And then they and, try to oh resuscitate so, her. Yeah, well, so my uh, my family has a very strong medical background. My dad was a pharmacist. My mom was a nurse. My aunt was a nurse. My other aunt was a nurse. My uncle was a pharmacy tech. My cousin's a nurse. And my grandmother was a nurse. And one of those nurses was almost a spitting image of one of my aunts from the 80s with her perm and her big-ass glasses. And I had this terrible flashback to my aunt trying to resuscitate Blondie. (laughs) Maybe it was her. Maybe she was an extra. No, she's too tall to be that aunt, but it's okay. (laughs) But unfortunately, the resuscitation doesn't work. So naturally, Dean Cain says, well... I guess I'll inject her with highlighter fluid, because that's worked out real fucking well already. Because if resuscitation doesn't work, we'll go with reanimation. And and it's kind of a cool shot where the screen goes completely dark except for the highlighter fluid, and then you can see the highlighter fluid being injected into Blondie's body, and then we cut to the credits. So it's, I mean, it's really Pet Cemetery. Yeah. You know, only with highlighter fluid. You gotta inject your own. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what do you think about this movie, Chris? I like it. I'm a fan of the Reanimator. It's uh, it's got some pretty good gore stuff going on. Jeffrey Combs is great. He's just chewing the fuck out of everything he can get a hold of. <laughs> it's uh, not really based particularly faithfully on an any HP Lovecraft anything. I mean granted it is it is set sixty years after HP Lovecraft wrote his story. And I'll be honest, I am a sucker for Stuart Gordon movies, whether it's this or Castle Freak or Dagon or what have you. I'm a big Wait, fan. Which Dagon did he do? The one, the one we that we watched? watched? Yeah. Okay. That was a good one. I liked that one. And I would say uh I'd say this is one of those movies that if you haven't seen it, you probably should if you're into the the horror genre. It it moves along pretty good. It's got its hokey moments, but I mean, come on, it was 1985. Give him a give him a little break. But I, I think you should you should add this to your check it out just for prosperity, if nothing else. Most most horror buffs should at least see it. Maybe not enjoy it, but at least see it. What do you think, Troy? I was slightly less enthusiastic about it. I it was okay. Um, I like I like Jeffrey Combs because I've really enjoyed him in the Star Trek franchise, especially Deep Space Nine as Wei Yun uh, in some of the later seasons of Deep Space Nine, uh, which you should totally check out because Deep Space Nine is the best Star Trek show. No, I'll just, just throw that out there now. That's, that's and, not uh, okay. It, it's a hundred percent true though. And uh, <laughs> and so he's I, I really enjoyed his work in Star Trek and it was fun seeing him in this because he he's a really good character actor he was one of the better actors in this in this movie and the movie's okay 
there is some fun little gore pieces in there, but I think this is more of a watch it with your friends while drinking a lot of alcohol kind of movie and riff tracks the fuck out of it as opposed to uh, just sit back and enjoy it by yourself for what it is. Um, so that's where I stand on it because uh, apparently Chris liked it better than I did. It's true. I do, but I will admit my biases. <laughs> and Brett has no opinion because he sucks. Oh, Brett, I didn't come today. <laughs> so what, what are we watching next week, Chris? Well, we're going to watch a little something called Shark Exorcist. Which, for the love of God, they did the wrong way around. Because instead of being a movie about a shark performing exorcisms upon people... It is about a bunch of demon-possessed sharks, which is just the wrong way around to do that movie with a title like that. Well, yeah, yeah, I agree. I think I, I was hoping that the shark was going to be the exorcist. Yep. Uh, this was brought to our attention by Mr. Green. I don't think he actually suggested we watch it. He just brought it to our attention, but... That's good enough for us. Yeah, so. we got a low bar for entry. <laughs> so, yes, Mr. Green, we'll be watching the movie that you made us aware of uh, next week. Um, and if anyone else wants to make us aware of movies, there are numerous ways for you to do that. There is our Facebook, Slaughterhouse. We are Slaughterhouse Princess on Facebook. Feel free to... Uh, message us or post to us there. Uh, we are Slaughterhouse Princess Podcast at gmail.com. We all have a website at slaughterhouseprincess.com, which gets you to all of our episodes, all 130 odd of them now. Uh, and I think there's even a tab there for some of the Chris facts, but not all of them. True. Uh, there is our Twitter, which is Slaughter Prince. Which is Solder Princess without the vowels in Princess. Uh, we are on Stitcher, iTunes, uh, Google Play. Um, we have a Discord server, which I think if you go to the Discord app and search for Slaughterhouse Princess, we will show up. Uh, if not, I believe I posted the link on our Facebook, so go there. Uh, we uh, we uh, well, we love interacting with our fans there. We mostly have been talking with Mr. Green, Kylie, and D Cat and D Hat, uh, but we uh, would welcome more of you to to interact with us there. Uh, and that's, I got everything, didn't I? I think so. I don't pay yeah. attention. <laughs> well, neither does Brett, who normally does it, so that's fine. You can't do any worse than he does. No. But that's why we keep around, because it makes us feel better. Mm-hmm. And don't worry, hopefully this time you won't be suffering through an echoey podcast of nonsense. <laughs> yeah, I was so excited I talked over myself that episode. <laughs> Troy just kept repeating himself over himself. Yep, because I, I love the sound of my own voice. That's fair. It's pretty nice. HD rental is $3. I suppose it'll have to do. Oh, the price I pay for this fucking podcast is 
three dollars. 